Hey, I am back doing my favorite thing. Welcome to Kingdom Connections. I'm Pastor Luke. I love doing these things because it gets me deeper in the word because I have to. But it also gets me thinking about my own life, my struggles, my strengths, the things I'm doing well, the things I'm not doing well. And you can't preach a message or deliver a message or deliver or talk or anything if you're not willing to go through those things yourself. Every single message I have ever said I've gone through, am going through, or I know God is going to bring me through. And it's of no use or of no substance to anyone if I'm not practicing when I'm preaching. And faith is an area that we can all use strengthening. Everyone, like I said last week, everyone has a measure of faith. Everyone is given a small amount of faith to be able to live this life. We're given this faith mostly so we can believe in the creator who gave us this faith. And it's our responsibility to be able to strengthen this faith, to exercise it, to give it more oomph, to, to, to just opening up, open it up to all these great things that God can do through it, because that's the only way he operates, through our faith. He will do all these things for us because he's a wonderful, sovereign God. But there's some things that he will not do unless we believe him with a certain type of faith or a certain level of faith or strength of faith. There are times where we don't have it. We don't have that strength. We don't want to have faith. We don't believe that God can do it. How many times have I been there? A lot. But I don't stay there because every single time I have that doubt, it's because I'm believing God for something bigger. So I can applaud myself and pat myself on the back because my faith is starting to increase. But I can't forget that if he did it at level two, he can do it at level three. If he did it at level 64, he's going to do it at level 65. It doesn't matter what level you're at. We have to look back and remember what he has done in your own personal life and how that faith was used to get you through. That same faith is used for other people. And they and we have all these examples in the Bible for, for people who have used their faith to get them through. We all have different types and different levels of faith. We don't have the same exact faith as life goes on because we exercise the structure in different ways. But we are all we all have it and we all use it daily. It all depends on how much we want to believe on that thing. So the title I have here is A Penny for Your Thoughts. We've heard that phrase before. But I said, uh, to add on to it, a verse for your faith. We need encouragement in our faith. In order for us, uh, our faith to be stretched and, and activated and active, we have to be able to feed it. So if you, So right now, I am believing God on multiple things and I have to constantly feed my faith so it can be strong enough to maintain my belief in him that he's going to do this through this major thing. Sometimes we have an easier time believing God for other people, but we don't have that same strength 
to believe God for ourselves. And we have to stop that because who's most important in your life right now? It's you and making sure that you are okay with God before you can do anything to help anybody else. Because if you if you are not in the proper alignment with, with God, how are you going to really be that fruitful? God can bless you and, 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 and allow you to do all these wonderful things on his behalf, but is it truly profitable, reciprocal? Is it truly profitable on that side and this side? No, because there's no proper alignment. But a verse for your thoughts. So what I did today is I have one, two, three, four, five, six verses that I'm going to talk about that are used to strengthen your faith. You need it. You need it. Especially in this time there's so much warfare happening, so much warfare. And the deeper you get with God, with God, the deeper you get with Christ, your warfare is going to increase because you become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. You become a threat. So you have to be more strategic. You have to be more intentional. You have to be more active in the things you do for the Lord because you can't make it to a certain level and be nonchalant with how you live your life. You have to live your life with purpose and intention. You have to live it with purpose and intention. As I prayed about this before I started to talk about it, the Holy Spirit gave me this. He said, surrendering to God is to develop strong alignment and reliance. I'll read it again. Surrendering to God is to develop strong alignment and reliance. In other words, surrender is faith. Surrendering is exercising the faith. You are giving up control and putting that control in the one who can actually make things happen. And that is it's a humbling experience that gets pride out the way. And that puts your faith into the one who's going to do it all. So I like that quote. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quote that somewhere else. I'm going to put it somewhere on Facebook, whatever. Surrendering to God is, is the development no, surrendering, surrendering to God is to develop strong alignment and reliance. So here's your first verse. This is from Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Have you heard this quoted before? Yes, I have many times. But it's such a powerful verse. And all of these declarations. And actually, the Lord is giving you a command. Fear not. Not you should not fear or you should. You probably know it says fear not. It's, it's a command. It says, don't do it. Don't fear. Fear is not an option. Fear not. Why? There's a reason why we should not fear. Because God is with us. There's no reason why we should fear. Because we have protection. We have a shield. We are in God is our refuge. He's our strength. He is all these things. God is with us. That's why we should not fear. But in order for us not to fear, we have to know who God is and what he can do. So you can say, okay, I'm not going to fear because I have this thing here, but I have to know what that thing is in order for me to have no fear. I have to have my confidence in that thing for me not to fear. I have to have my confidence in God for me not to fear. There is an established relationship. It says here in the verse, be not dismayed for I am your 
God. I am your God. That implies a relationship. That implies a relationship. Is he your God? We can't have no fear because God is here if we don't make him our God. Right? Right. And because he is righteous, we can be assured that strength, help, and victory over sin and death is certain. You can be sure that we can have victory, that we can have strength, that we can have help, that, that we can have all these things in our favor. Because he has conquered sin and he has conquered death. And we have believed on him. Who? Christ Jesus. So we have nothing to fear because we have a whole host of backup. That right there, knowing that Jesus is there, that God is there, that we have the Holy Spirit in us, there should be no fear at all. Do we still fear? Yeah, fear sometimes comes upon us. Yeah. But then we have to remember verses like this. We have to know the word. So the Holy because if we are not feeding our soul this, our, uh, the, the word, the Holy Spirit is not going to bring it back to your remembrance because you never told the Holy Spirit what to, what to, what to hold down into you. You can, he can only bring back to your remembrance what you give him to remember. He knows all things. Yes. Yes. But how are you going to remember a verse that you've never read? The Holy Spirit can do anything. He can just bring up scriptures out of nothing and work. He can do all these things. But we have to remember, surrendering to God is to develop strong alignment and reliance. We have to be aligned. Therefore, this implies a relationship. I am your God. That is a relationship. So we can't expect God to do everything with us just sitting here and doing nothing and him making the moves for us. That's that. That is not a thing. That's that's never been a thing. He wants us to work as well. Next verse, it says, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And I had to quote this one all the time. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, when you say, or I'm an anxious person, or I have depression. Some people say, oh, don't claim that. Don't claim that. But, so, but I believe that you have to know what you have in order to surrender to God. If you don't know the things that you're dealing with, how are you going to give it to God? You can say all day that I've never been depressed. But if you don't come into agreement with the fact that you have been depressed, you will never be delivered of it. You would never have that. You, you, you would never allow God to take those things away. There are some things that are so deep in us that because we had this, these old, um, older saints that had said, oh, don't claim that, don't claim that, don't claim that. We're not saying that it's our identity, but it is something that plagues. Anxiety plagues so many people. Depression plagues so many people. It's a real thing. I have anxious thoughts all the time. You talking about an anxious person? That's me. I don't get my identity from being anxious. Not at all. And it's not to the point where I need medication or anything like that. It's not that. 
But because I'm such a fast thinker and a forward thinker and I'm a dreamer and um, I'm, I'm a planner and I have goals, I have these big things, I, I get ahead of myself and then I get anxious because of that. And what, and what, what is anxiety? Running ahead of God. I like to do that all the time. And then he smacks me back in place. Thank God for smacking me back in place. I'm so happy he smacks me back. I'll take it anytime, Lord. Smack me back because I'm not supposed to be ahead of you. But I don't have to be anxious for anything. Once again, just like in Isaiah, the command says, do not be anxious. Don't do it. If you feel the anxiety comes on, coming on, you pray about it. Lord, I feel anxious. I'm feeling anxious right now, but I know that you can do this. I know yada, 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 yada. Quote a scripture. Quote, quote this. Lord, it says in your word, I am not to be anxious, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, I'm going to make my request known to you in the peace it's going to, that surpasses all this thing. It's going to guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And you keep saying that over and over again until the peace comes. Whatever is making you anxious, confess that to the Lord. Because if you're anxious, you're not exercising faith. You're anxious because you're taking these thoughts captive. You're coming up with all these things in your imagination. And and you're not going to be able to do anything to help your situation. Because it's not up to you. It's It's up to what God allows. There are so many walls that we hit because we're trying to figure out things and manipulate situations. And we have no control over these things that we're that's happening in our lives. We have no control at all. So, we give it to God. We pray. We give supplication. We offer thanksgiving. So we can have the peace. I looked up prayer. And I looked up some of these definitions. What does adoration mean? What does repent? I just like to look up definitions. And then I stumbled upon four ways we pray. And I have to do more research in this, but I'm going to make the statement now. And if I'm going to, if I have to come back and correct myself, I will. But I did a little bit of thinking on these four different ways we pray. The first type is giving compliments to God, praying a prayer of adoration. So one type of prayer is giving thanks, or just just basically telling God who He is. And express and expressing out loud that you are holy, you are this, you are this, you are this, you are this. You're 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 celebrating the attributes of God. The next prayer is repentance. It's a mercy prayer. Saying, Lord, I stumbled. Lord, I messed up. Lord, I missed the mark. Lord, I didn't listen to you. Lord, I'm having these anxious thoughts. Forgive me. Put me back into place. You said this. You said these things are going to align. You said these things are going to happen. And I am still trying to figure it out. But Lord, I know you have it. You're repenting. You're turning away from the way you used to think and act. And you're praying for forgiveness so you can go on the right track that the Lord has properly placed you on. That's the second kind of prayer. Third kind of prayer. Thanksgiving. That should be the easiest one. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for everything that you're doing. I'm so grateful, Lord, that you have done this in my life. You have done this in my life. I'm so thankful for what you have done in my wife's life, in my child's life, in my brother's life, and sister's life. And I thank you, Lord, for the church. And you're giving all these thanks for the things that God has done for you in your life and the lives of others. Easy prayer. Next, next one is... 
the most famous kind of prayer. When we are asking for stuff, requesting help. Lord, I need. Lord, I need. Lord, I need. Is it okay? Of course. Of course. You tell the Lord all your needs because you know where your source is. It's him. Tell him, lay it all on him. Cast all your cares, all of your issues, all of your sins, all of your anxious thoughts, your depressive thoughts, your no thoughts, everything thoughts. Give it to him. That's what you do. Sometimes we like to spend a lot of time in this fourth category of supplication. We like to constantly make petitions, constantly make requests, help, 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 help for us. Yes, do it for yourself as often as possible, but do it for others as well. But don't forget to thank him. Don't forget to repent. And don't forget to tell him of those attributes of who he is, because that's reminding you of how great he is. And when we do this, peace will guard your heart and your mind. You will not be worrying about that potential thing that worries you, that thing, that whether it's potential, whether it is, you don't have to worry about that situation because you've done all these things. And if you have prayed and if you have set off four of those prayers and you're still feeling anxious, do it again. Do it until it goes away. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Just as persistent as the enemy is to keep you in an anxious state, you be just as persistent in your prayer. Sometimes you don't even have to pray. Sometimes you just take stuff out your mind. You feel an anxious thought. Lord, I'm feeling anxious. I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to worry about that. That doesn't even matter because I know what you got. You can, sometimes you can just get it, let it go in a couple seconds and then keep on about your day. Sometimes things press you a little bit harder and you have to press back a little harder. You have to get that out your mind a little harder. But no matter how it is, if it's easier or if it's difficult, you do it. You do it because your sanity says so. You need to be saying you need to be available to God so he can use you. Next one, Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So before in Romans 8, he, uh, uh, Paul listed a couple of things. But the, but the focus of this verse is not what shall we say about these things. It's if God is for us, who can be against us? We can have all these things stacked up against us. And it can look grim. But because we have God, we're going to come out on top. We're going to be prosperous. We're going to be victorious. We're going to have legacies. We're going to do wonderful things on behalf of the kingdom. But in that small statement, if God is for us, who can be against us? That is a statement of confidence in God. That statement casts out fear. That statement casts out doubt of Christ's finished work. It's completed. It talks about the completeness of it. It encompasses so much more than we realize Christ's completeness. So in that statement, if God is for us, who can be against us in Romans 8.31... It says that we have, you can have confidence in God that we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. This is a part of our worry. Who can be against us? We don't have to worry about the things that are stacked up against us. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. We can cast out the doubt. Because everything that 
we desire the things that we need to be able to live the life that God wants us to live, we already possess. We possess so much seed that we have to water it, plant plant it, water it, and allow it to grow the fruit that's supposed to grow. But how long does it take? However long God wants you to be tested. Sometimes people's fruit grows at a slower rate because we keep feeding it bad fertilizer or a bad plant food or we don't give it enough sunlight. Our, our fruit is not growing because we're not feeding it the right things. If you are a born-again believer, there, sh- there should be some evidence, whether it's small or large, in, in how you're living your life. But if you're a born-again believer and you're constantly, let's, let's say, watching the wrong kind of movies and shows, and if, you watch, if you're letting, letting the wrong things come into your eye gates, if you're letting the wrong things come into your ear gates, that's not, that's not going to allow your fruit to grow. Your fruit is going to remain. Sometimes your fruit will die because you're feeding it the wrong things. So we have to be very, very careful and and what we are putting in ourselves because God has given us all these gifts at salvation and he wants us to grow, but it can only grow when we feed him the food that he has given us, which is his word. And by then we can totally rely and have confidence in him because we know enough of his word and it's enough, enough of his words in us for us to know that if God is for us, who can be against us? We don't have to worry. Romans 8 and 18 says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. If you look at what's happening now, we are trying to pull down heaven to earth but it's no comparison to what he has prepared for us no comparison to the wonderful blessings and the wonderful life that we're going to live for all of eternity that's why we try so hard to get people to convert to christianity because forever is a long time forever is a time of no end and people are so glued to this life that nothing else matters except for my truth and my happiness and my fulfillment and what makes my flesh happy. But deep down, if you really get to the nitty gritty of, of a person's life, of a sinner's life, they are not as happy as they think they are or as they say they are. Because they have never finished, they have never experienced the true joy that only God brings. Because Without God, there's no such thing as the word joy that stems from him. Happiness comes from him. Satisfaction comes from him. So when people choose to have eternal separation from God, they are never, ever going to be able to experience those emotions again. They're never going to be able to have happiness. They're never going to be able to have joy. They're never going to be able to have fulfillment. Never again. They're not even going to know what that feels like anymore because that that comes from God. The reason why us uh, as sinners, when, we, when, when, we, when I was a sinner, I was able to feel those things because the grace of God. But crossing over, I know exactly, almost getting there, what God's love is because it's so immense. I will never understand it right now. But it's like a difference between a cubic zirconia versus a diamond. We are really in this life 
loving this cubic zirconia. Everything about this cubic zirconia is wonderful and beautiful. And I'm worshiping this cubic zirconia. And this is going to be the wonderful jewel that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Not knowing and not understanding the realness and the toughness and the beauty of the diamond and the rarity of the diamond in comparison to the cubic zirconia. We love this world so much that we don't realize what we're giving up. And I'm, and I'm not even going to say we. Because I, 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 I know if I didn't say yes, what I was going to give up. But there are moments in my life where I turn my head a little bit from the Lord more and focus on some of these earthly things. And we all do that. But then the Lord said, oh yeah, bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. I'm over here. Turn your head this way. Keep your eyes on me. Because you're not going to be able to do those earthly things without me anyway. I'm like, okay. So we have to know that what we have here is great. But what we're going to get is wonderful. That's hope. That's having faith in the future. That's expanding our faith beyond what we can see. Actually, that statement doesn't even make any sense. That mean, I mean, it, it's it, we're, we're believing beyond what we can see because faith is something believing is something you can't see. Romans twelve twelve. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. I like this. Short and sweet. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Ooh. Be constant in prayer. These should be our positions in relationship to the actions or environment. This should be our position. When we are hoping, we rejoice. When we're in tribulation, we need to have patience. When we're in prayer, it needs to be Continuous. All of these are actions of faith. When we are hoping, we really can't see with our natural eye what's happening, what's going on. But the act of faith is the rejoicing in the hoping. We are rejoicing in the hoping. We can hope, but when you add rejoicing, that is upping the level of the faith. When we are in tribulation, and tribulation has nothing to do with faith, but it's the patience in tribulation. It's when, when you have patience in tribulation, that is contributing their faith. When you're in prayer, prayer is an act of faith because you are hoping that the Lord is hearing your prayer. If you have the right heart posture, if you have repented, if you are saved, there's a lot of sinners who pray, and God doesn't hear them. He might hear them enough to, to get that prayer request over to an intercessor so God can act on behalf of the intercessor for the sinner man. But God hears sinner, sinners differently than he does save people. He'll hear your sinner's prayer of confession, but we have to get on the right side so we can have these prayers answered. So we can have our hope. So we can live a fulfilled life. Here's the last one. 
But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, 31. Wait on or for the Lord gives you strength. It's because we believe he's going to come through. We believe he is going to come through. He always does. It's not always our timing, but it's always his timing. We want it now because we're a microwave society. We are an instant society. We want everything now, now, now. That's why I get anxious because I hear something and I know something and I know something's going to be happening soon, but I don't like the word soon. I like the word right now. Pop. I want it to appear in front of my face. Not reality. Not reality. We have to wait on the Lord. And when we wait, our strength can be renewed. When we wait, our strength will be renewed. It gives us strength because it's constant. It's it's constantly reminding us the promises of God and how faithful He is to the to the Word. It sounds like my cat up there wants to come down and do this little study with us. You might hear in the background, <laughs> but we have to be. Faithful and constant in prayer, constant and rejoicing in hope. All of that connects back to Romans 12. And that is going to strengthen us. We're going to mount up with wings as eagles. Those, those, the eagle, an eagle is a strong animal. It gives us the strength and the stamina to be able to endure. It provides endurance. We need the endurance. Faith and going back to the top. Surrendering is faith. Surrender is faith. It's endurance. It's waiting. It's having patience. Why does God choose to use patience and waiting? That's a study for a different day. I have to do that study for me. <laughs> because that's my issue. I don't like waiting. And I don't mind admitting that because that puts that in the forefront of my, of my mind. And I know what I have to study. And I know that I am not the only person who has issues with waiting. How I am now is light years better than I've ever been in my entire life. Light years. Before, I couldn't admit it. People will have to tell me, like, you, ain't, you don't have any patience. I'm like, I have patience. I have tons of patience. And then I'll get impatient with them telling me I don't have patience. But that, I, I'm better. But I still need some help in that realm. I still do. Because when you want to stretch your faith, when you want to believe God for bigger things, it will cause you to... slip and stumble and doubt because you're still working on the faith that you had at level two. But in order for you to get that big thing, you need level four faith. So you might even have to skip a couple of levels to be able to believe for that big thing. So what what you are believing God for might be a level, let's say a level 10 faith thing, but you're at level five and you need to go through some things to get to level six, to get to level seven, to get to level eight and nine, and then get to level 10. So you can have the level 10 faith in order to get that thing. I hope I'm not prophesying to myself. I think, Lord, you're telling me some stuff about myself. 
So we have to increase to be able to get to the level of faith to believe the thing that we want to believe. Because we have the thing in our head and it's for us. But he's trying to stretch our faith to the point where we can be able to handle that thing. And I'm thankful personally. Now I'm talking a lot about myself today. I'm thankful that he is doing that to me and I'm seeing it and I, and I, and I'm, and I'm happy that he's stretching, but boy, does it hurt when you walk with the Lord and you want big things and you want uh, to truly bless you. He will bless you, but you have to be strong enough to receive it. And the strength to receive these blessings happens in faith. He is not in faith in a building of character, building of integrity. He has to build you in every aspect of your life to be able to give you the thing that you desire. Just because you ask for it doesn't mean you're ready to receive it. You have to be built up to that blessing that you want, to that job that you want, to that opportunity, to that wife that you're looking for, that husband you're looking for. You have to have the faith that leads up to that. Lot, and I'll say this, a lot of people want weddings. Weddings are beautiful. But you have an ugly marriage because you weren't ready for it. You're ready for the wedding. Not the marriage. So, we need to constantly be in the Word so we can strengthen our faith so we can believe that the Lord is going to come through in all that he said he's going to come through on. And he will. But we have to believe that. 